1: Hello, everyone, and welcome from Good to Amazing. You know, I love hearing the stories from all of you um, that are listening to the show about how some of our guests, from certain things they say and the ideas that they have, are actually transforming your lives. And we appreciate your comments today. I'm thrilled that we have on our show Minks. Boren. She is an authentic woman. She is a life coach, an author, and she is featured all over the country because of who she is and how she shows up in the world as a powerful individual. Minx, welcome to our show today.
3: Thank you. It's fun to be here.
1: Well, I'm so glad that you're here because um, you have been a leader with um, life coaching and with teaching individuals to pursue their destiny and fulfill their dreams and to move from good to amazing for many, many years. How did your path get you here to this place of becoming a life coach? And what was that turning point in your life when you decided, wow, this is what I came here to be?
3: Oh, there, was, there were so many turning points. How many aha moments does everybody have in their life? They, they just, one thing happens and then another thing, it started a long time ago because I had a child who was sick, and that had me change totally my career. I was I had a master's in French that had nothing to do with anything that I'm doing now. And because he was ill, I began to look for alternative alternative ways, things other than just traditional medical model. And that got me into studying nutrition and that got me into teaching healthy foods and that got me into being involved with women and women's circles because it was always about more than just the food. And that got me into at some point realizing that this is what I wanted to do with my whole life. Uh, I remember years ago doing – writing something called Vision Heart, which wound up being about a 1,000 pages of a soul-searching inquiry into finding our our highest values. This is way before all the values work that's out there now, the wonderful work that's out there now. And so what I came out with is my highest values relationship. And what better way to do that than to be a coach?
1: now in the uh, in the vision heart process, do you still offer something similar to that now?
3: I do, except that now uh that process we took people through it it was wound up being ten workbooks, about a thousand pages, as I said, and then all these years later, along comes uh Dr. Martin Seligman, who is kind of often called the father of positive psychology and he and his colleagues came up with something called the Signature Strengths Assessment. And now in 20 minutes, you can get pretty close to what it, t- what it took us that entire journey to do. And so that's something that I offer now as a way to begin a conversation about what really matters, what counts, and is it showing up in your life.
1: And for that information, if you're interested, you can write Minx M I N X at coachminx.com. You can go to her website or you can email her and uh, express an interest in that. When we talk about values, Minx, what are what are some of our core values that we tend to lean towards or give our attention or our energy to?
3: The There are certain things that are at the core of all of us as human beings. First of all, we as humans are relational by nature. And so that is something that that all of us are seeking that way to be in deep connection. Another one is to be authentic, to actually speak from our true self. Let's see, love, caring, kindness, strength power, the ability to show up, all of those are ways that we have learned to value our lives or to put value around our lives might be another way to say it.
1: And when you're working with um, your clients as a coach, are you um, looking at ways in which to create a space in which they can become more congruent uh, that their their values are actually playing a big part in in their daily decisions and in their career decisions and in their uh, relationship choices.
3: Totally, the the whole idea of bothering to do a self self-search, a self searching inquiry into values is so that once you know them, they become the compass by which you navigate your life. They bec- they. They're at the core of every decision you make. They become the filter through which you decide what you want to do. One of the things, going back to Vision Heart, uh, is that we actually invited people to make a navigational compass. And I remember somebody saying, when he had finally finished this process, he said, I want to put this on my my T-shirt, on my sweatshirt, the way Superman has that big S. I want to put this on there because that's who I really am.
1: Mm.
3: and so when when we know for example um, if for me so much is around relationship but it's also around I have a value that I call awe which is just simply the the ability to remember to be in awe of life I remember years ago Lily Tomlin who is a comedian uh, said we need to practice aerobics every day and for me, when do I make that time every day? If I truly value that, if that's important, if, it, if that's what feeds my soul, when am I making time to actually stand in awe of everything around me?
1: And it really makes you pay attention, doesn't it? it I know has, another, I know another area that that you're very committed to is um, your sense of gratitude. And I know that you recommend that to a lot of your clients that uh, that's on the top five of your list, that in order to have an amazing life, it's important to to look for that golden nugget or look for that, that still that how do I make this uh, lemonade from that perspective.
3: There's certainly a bit of that. What is it when you have lemons, make lemonade? Mm -hmm, Isn't that the thing? (laughs) Uh, One of the things that's interesting, and it's also, it's been borne out by positive psychology, the single most effective, I don't want to call it a strategy, but exercise that you can do every day is to actually keep a gratitude journal. And before you go to sleep at night, write down three things you're grateful for. Because so so often we speed through our days and we just forget. Or we have a really hassle, what feels like a hassle day. And if we don't stop for that moment to be grateful, to realize, yeah, it was that way. And I got a phone call from my friend in the middle of it and got a phone hug, and that helped me get through the day. So I'm grateful for that, or I'm just grateful that I that that there was food in the fridge so that I could grab something to eat in the ten free minutes that I had. There, there are. Uh, there's no end to what we can be grateful for when we want to shine a flashlight in that direction.
1: And there's always something that is urging you to go to the the next place on, on your journey if we if we pay attention, and. Um, Minks and I uh, met for the listening audience. We met about 20 years ago. And the way that that came about was that uh, at the time I was going to a, a therapist, and she told me that it would really serve me to get involved in a woman's group. And so, as life would have it, a few Weeks later, I got a call out of the blue, which we say is a name for God, <laughs> saying, you know, um, we have, we're have we looking at starting a group near where you live, a woman's group, and would you lead it? And I was already an established minister in the area and everything, and I said, well, no, I I wouldn't be interested in leading one. I get a, plenty of opportunities to do that, but I sure would like to go to one, <laughs> and so I showed up at the group, and I remember that group on that particular night, it was actually meeting at Minx's home, and and um, <laughs> the door opened, and this dynamic and energetic woman opened the door and welcomed me to her home, and um, we looked around, and we kind of saw the other people in the group, and the group never went anywhere, um, but my friendship with Minx did, and that's been one of the reasons I was so excited about doing this show today, is Another thing that creates a sense or uh, an acceptance of an amazing life is friendship, and friendship um, is is something. It's a value that uh, the best of friends are people that always see the best in you, always hold you accountable for your divine potential, and always hold a space of. The very nature of telling them something it it makes them real, uh, minx and I have a joke it 's kind of like, okay, I called you because i've talked to a couple of other people about this situation in my life or this challenge that i 'm having, but I know when I tell you it 's going to make it real <laughs> it 's going to make it true for me because i've now put it on the table you know with one of my with one of my best friends, but it's so important to have these kind of friendships in your life, not just people that want to be more like you, but also people that you want to be more like or that those common interests continue to uh, holding you to a higher way of being. What do you think about that means?
3: You know, for for so long we've been really close friends for so long that you have become my, what you were saying, you've become my go-to person. When I need a sanity check, when I need someone who's gonna take me both seriously and lightly at the same time it I'll pick up the phone and I'll call and because of the length of our friendship, I think one of the things that happen is it's a shortcut conversation because in five in five words I can say you remember when fill in the blank and so here's what's so now and so we can we can get right to it because there's such a long history. One of the things that's so special is, is that because we, as human beings, are relation, relational by nature, we really thrive in connection. And when we make the time for that, as you and I do, we speak regularly. Uh, it, it's a way to feed our soul. It's a way to do a sanity check. It's a way to get us back on target and to remind us of who we are. Sometimes I just call because I forget who I am, mm-hmm. and I need somebody outside of the maelstrom of my life at that moment to remind me who I am, and you do that for me.
1: Well, I'm I'm delighted that I get to be that and do that for you, and I remember years ago, you know, part of my friendship want list and looking for friends, and I think this is Uh, so true they always say that the fish will only grow to the aquarium that it's in and i think this is part of the whole teaching of this hour today of if you feel like your life is it's okay or you know you're kind of moving along but you want definitely to be in that place of amazing you also want to develop friendships that stretch you you know that you're not just comfortable Because if you're comfortable, that means you're going to stay where you are. If you're comfortable, that means that you may be uh, playing out in a chicken farm when indeed you're an eagle, right? But having a, a good quality friendship, and that's something that... I noticed about you from the very beginning is you had a lot of different ways that were different than me. You were healthier than I was. You were more into nutrition than I was. You um, you weren't into sugar. You know, We'd be going down the road together and it's like, hey, will you pull over? I need to get loaded up on chocolate. <laughs> I mean, you were very different in many ways than I was and yet I kept showing up because I wanted to be more like that. So I I, I needed to move from the what made me uncomfortable to this is a place that one day I'm going to be at. And I think that if a person's willing to go through those experiences, then they're able to grow into that kind of experience. And, and that's um, you know, true for, the, for anyone out there today, that to pick a circle of people in your life that, um, that play a part in moving you to a greater capacity within yourself.
3: So what that makes me think of and it makes me laugh is I so okay so I have this quality of of all this healthy stuff because it was my life for all for all those years it's just it's it's in my bones it's just how I live but on the other side of it you've always had this easy dynamic way of being in front of people and it doesn't phase you in the least I on the other hand especially at the beginning you know, would pretty much just throw up every time I had to, before I had to go on stage or something. I just had all that anxiety. And you decided, okay, we're, we're going to disappear this. And I remember using a broomstick or something as a microphone and standing in my living room, and you're standing all the way as far away as you could possibly be, making me project my voice and just kind of get over myself. And And what would you say you would say? Your message is too big. So you can't make yourself small. You've just got to move past this. And so you kept stretching me and telling me that I could do it until yep. I actually could do it. It's like
1: Marianne Williamson says, it, it's, not, uh, it's not really our, our darkness that keeps us held back. It's that we, at times, are afraid or we limit our own light. And who would think that, you know, as today that you travel and do presentations throughout the country?
3: So that's where I, I was saying that it's, it's someone who takes, someone, takes me seriously when we were talking about friendship and also takes me lightly. So it doesn't get stuck in my drama. It's like, okay, we're, we're disappearing that. But takes me seriously as a human being enough to want to be there to help me step up to that next level. That's one of the things that's so special. And I bet that most of the people listening to this have a someone like that. And we were talking about gratitude. The other side of gratitude is deep appreciation. And so have you told whoever that person is or those people in your life, have you told them lately how important they are to who you are?
1: Because they have played a big part in your becoming and continuing to step into to your greatness Well, we appreciate all of you listening to us today. I'm Temple Hayes, and on behalf of First Unity and Unity Online Radio, we appreciate you listening to us and supporting this program. We are in 127 countries now, and we thank you for being part of this programming. We'll be right back after a short break.
5: a Unity Village is more than just a good job. It's good work. We're a not-for-profit organization that helps people around the globe live more abundant and meaningful lives. Our work environment is unique in keeping with the heritage of Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, visionary founders of the Unity Movement. At the same time, Unity is a 21st century workplace. Job seekers will find plenty of challenges in a wide range of specialties, from information technology to culinary arts communications to publishing prayer ministry to retreats and more employees are eligible for a variety of perks and benefits including a campus setting with year-round activities and a four-day work week in many departments to see what employment opportunities await you visit us at unityjobs.org and apply today
4: Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach for weekly inspiration on ways to identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, where your purpose is your prosperity. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
2: Thank you for tuning in for From Good to Amazing with Rev. Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at amazing at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Rev. Temple Hayes.
1: And thank you, everyone, for participating in our show today. I'm talking with Minks Boren. She is a life coach. She is an author. She leads women's circles and women's groups. She is a nutritionist. She has also uh, created a program, uh, an amazing calendar system. Uh, definitely an authentic woman. A woman, and when you go to her website, uh, you'll see exactly what I mean. CoachMinks.com. C O A C H dot com, and you'll see that, uh, that she is dynamic, and vibrant, and electrifying, and, and by far an amazing woman. Um, Minks, talk to us a little bit about, uh, from the various life coaching you've been doing for the last many years, um, what kind of, um, you know, how people are always using the mantra about how busy they are or overwhelmed they are. Give us some tools that we can use that will that will help us in those areas.
3: Well, for starters, overwhelm has become an epidemic in our country. Every time I speak to somebody, the first thing I hear is that, I'm so busy, I'm in overwhelm, I don't have any time, uh, and I've got this long list As a matter of fact, one of my quips is that very often we have a to-do list that's so long and there's so much going on that the only thing that gets crossed off is Tuesday when you think that maybe you'll get to some of the stuff on Wednesday because we just, everything vies for our attention. Lately, I've been doing a lot of research and studying about the brain and how it functions, and the really, really interesting thing and very often I say kind of the bad news, is that we actually can't multitask. We, we try to do so many things at once, and yet our brain is not capable of doing two things that require thoughtful consideration at the same time. But we try really hard. And what happens as a result is that our brain has an on-off switch. So we, do some, we think that we're doing two things at once, but what we're really doing is switching back and forth. And when we switch back and forth, it actually takes about 50 percent longer to get something done, so we're just fooling ourselves. And we don't put that kind of wonderfully concentrated time when our brain gets to be focused and creative. There's something there's called uh, engagement. It's part of when you they look at people who live fulfilling lives. Uh, this goes back to positive psychology, one of the three things that they name is that people who live fulfilling lives know how to get engaged. They get to this place of deep engagement when they are so in the flow of something that everything else falls away. They can concentrate fully on something. Anyone who's ever gone out Long distance running. I used to be a marathon runner. Knows that flow state that you can get into, and you can get into it anytime you're really concentrating on something that you care about. But in order to do that, you've got to block out time for that to happen, and that means things like not answering email. It means uh, not answering your your cell phone, putting it on mute for a while, and just using the time, really focusing the time, so that you can pull out the best of what you know and the best of what you're capable of and your most creative self. Does that make sense? It's, when I say that, Temple, does that can you see around you people who get into that busyness and are running and doing ten things at once and then nothing really gets done well?
1: Oh, I absolutely do, and one of the things that I notice a lot is um, along the way in my uh, working uh, profession, I was a professional recruiter, and so I developed a skill of listening, uh, more so than words, but spaces You know, and the places where people aren't saying anything or they're breathing or or whatever. Because if you weren't able to do that as a recruiter, you would miss some key points like the hesitation of the unspoken word. You know, like if you said, oh, would you really like to relocate here? If there was a space or a certain pause or a hesitancy... I wouldn't just hear the words they were saying of like, oh, that would be a great idea. I would go, wait a minute, I thought I heard in your voice that you were hesitating, you know. And the thing that people don't realize, if you are really engaged in a conversation or if you are a a listener and you're being present and talking to somebody on the phone, you can tell when they're sitting there reading email (laughs) at the same time they're trying to talk to you. You know, you can absolutely tell that they're not present um, in anything that's going on because they're not all there. They're not all enrolled and they're not engaged. And I've actually surprised people sometimes when I could. I said, look, you know, I can tell that you're doing email right now. And they go, well, how do you know that? And I go, well, aside from being able to hear the typing in the background, you know, I can just tell that you're not really flowing with our conversation. Call me back. You know, when you feel like you have some time that we can really focus, yes, and I hear you know people saying that a lot that uh, they're just overwhelmed, they're just too busy, and it just becomes like a mantra, and what we know is as they say it more and more and more and more, it just becomes more and more of their reality
3: for sure I, there are two directions I can take this conversation right now and and I don't, I'm don't. i going to jump into one, and then, but I don't want to lose this, the thought of the other. So the first one is it's interesting because as a recruiter, you learn to listen for the space between the, the what's not being said or the hesitation. It's exactly what I do as a coach. I'm always listening for what's being said and what's not being said. And if you look at the whole idea of listening well, it's one of the things that's being lost in our culture because there's so much vying for attention, because someone's looking at email while they're talking to you, while they're texting somebody, while they're trying to juggle the the papers on their desk. No one's actually taking the space and time to listen. I know that when I'm doing a coach call, I move myself out of the room where my computer is and I sit somewhere where I'm actually looking out at trees
1: just so that I
3: can be fully present and not distracted. How often do we give someone the gift of that kind of presence. Mm-hmm. It's so important. And that's what, one of the things that gets lost in our overwhelmingly always busy life. The other thing, the other direction I wanted to take the conversation in is that coaching is about what you want more of and less of in your life. Because if you, and that goes back to knowing your values. When you know what you really value, when I knew that relationship was my highest value, I had to refigure my whole life. I I had a stationary business, and uh, it it was successful, but it wasn't taking me in the direction that was going to allow me for all this deep connection that I was yearning for. So I had to rethink my whole life. And so if I wanted more of that, more of that value in my life, what was I willing to let go of? So whenever I'm working with a client, I'll always say, okay, so what do you want more of? And they get very enthusiastic. And I say, that's great. And what are you going to give up to make room for that? Because there's, there's a limit to how much we can take on without tipping into the O word, into overwhelm.
1: You're so right, and I think that we can be helpful, you know as amazing people out in the community with our friends, our colleagues and our coworkers, when we start hearing people talk about how overwhelmed they are or how tired they are, that's usually a strong indicator. It has become an adult way of saying, um, "There's something going on that I'm not happy about." Right? I mean, they're yeah. usually wanting someone to hear underneath all that on a, a, in a deeper way. Um, I'm not feeling good about certain aspects of my life, and I don't know how to say that. So I can say this, because it seems to be socially acceptable. Being you know mm-hmm. socially acceptable is about, oh boy, if you just keep saying how busy you are, then you're giving this illusion of, you must feel important. However... Uh, when we feel important, we don't have to really tell people that, now do we? <laughs>
3: it's so true. You know, there's a whole other piece in here as well, When, because the other thing that goes with being overwhelmed is I'm so exhausted. And that brings me full circle to what you and I were talking about way back at the beginning of this conversation, which is that I got into this whole world because I was looking for a way first to heal my son, but basically to live a healthier and more energetic life. And so often what I find is that people are in overwhelm because they're exhausted, because they're not doing the very basic things they need to do to take care of themselves, to nourish their body, to exercise, to get enough sleep. There, there are so many of those pieces that are missing. And then, of course, well, I'm too busy. You know, there's, there's sleep is the last thing I think about. I, my own lesson of that was a, cu- a couple of years ago, uh, I had a particularly crazy busy year. And I remember going away in the summer with my husband to North, I think it was North Carolina, and we were in a cabin in the woods, and it was really dark. And the first night we were there, I slept 14 hours. And I woke up really annoyed and said, that's ridiculous. I don't need 14 hours' sleep. And my husband just smiled at me and he said, well, apparently you do. I had become so sleep-deprived. And so what I did is I did research on sleep. And what I learned was that if we don't get at least seven hours, preferably eight or nine hours sleep a night, our bodies don't function well anymore. Uh, And not only that, if you learn something during the day and you don't sleep at least eight hours, you don't do something called spindling, which is where you take short-term memory to long-term memory. So all that stuff you're trying to learn and remember won't get remembered unless you sleep on it. And so our priorities are so I've got to get all this stuff done. And we don't take the time to eat, to nourish ourselves so we really have the energy and the brain, the brain fuel to do what we want to do. And we don't get the sleep to, to allow us to have the energy to do what we want to do. It's become epidemic, and so I'm always out there speaking about how do we turn this around. It's not about doing more, it's about doing doing whatever we do wisely and consciously and with a, a reverence for self care.
1: You're so right. There are many people with the emphasis on many that I have met um, in the last three or four years that that claim to have attention disorders when they're really just sleep deprived they're just mm-hmm. not getting enough rest for their for their bodies and i i will you know tell them if i went a week and only averaged 3 or 4 hours a night and i've certainly done it then i forget and leave my credit card in the at the gas station and i forget and i don't remember where i put my cell phone or my keys and you know those kind of things because that's what happens to you when you aren't rested and coming from a, a capacity of vibrancy in your energy field i mean you do have issues with where you give your attention and how well you can stay focused on things and the biggest key is is having some some rest i know another area that we've talked about is you know working with that with that balance And one of the things that I started doing many years ago, maybe even you shared it with me, I I don't recall, but it's like when I start to become reactive to something or I feel off, you know, I like to check in with myself and just say, you know, what has actually occurred in my life in the last 48 hours? And being self-aware is key to developing a life of being an amazing person is it's essential to be self-aware enough to know when you're off and when you feel that you're off then you ask yourself within the last 48 hours what has happened to me physically you know have I hurt myself or um, have I had enough rest or um, have I you know done something like I you know hurt my ankle playing softball or whatever it may be and what has happened mentally? You know, is there something weighing heavy on me, uh, on my mind, and and in my experience, or emotionally? You know, is there something that's being triggered this particular day? Often people will will think that and not be aware of it, but on an unconscious level, they're grieving. It was uh, someone who's died, their birthday, or you know, or their death, or. Uh, it reminds them of a time at another space, so the the emotions are up in ways that at that particular moment someone's unaware of, or spiritually, you know what is what is weighing on or going on with that particular person. And that using that measuring for me over these last few years has really helped me not to say that what I'm facing isn't still going on. But it helps me manage it in a more balanced way than if I just went into reactive mode because it was the one more thing that I allowed to send me to the O place, the overwhelmed place.
3: When you say, when you're talking about that, the phrase that comes up for me is that, and it comes from a friend of mine who was going through a tough time years ago and She was feeling very alone and she said, no one has a finger on the pulse of my life. She she was just feeling that that there was no one that she could count on who was present to what was going on in her life. I thought that was an amazing phrase. Uh, And going back to our conversation on friendship, it's good to look at who has a finger on the pulse of our life, but the other piece is we need a finger on the pulse of our own life. And it's exactly what you said. What's happened in the last 24 to 48 hours? Why am I being this way? If you look from the vantage point of emotional intelligence, and I've spent a lot of time studying that as well, when we are in reactive mode, it means that what's happened is either we've been triggered by something, and generally i say we get triggered because somebody steps on our values something happens somebody does something and deep down something about our values have been hurt or we've gone into some or there's a sense a tremendous sense of fear and we need to be able to look at what that is in that moment what are we reacting to because only if we can tap into what is this emotion where is it coming from can we then take that further step and become responsive by going into what's called whole brain thinking, and not just that kind of uh, fight or flight syndrome that we tend toward. And So being in balance is being able to get to that place where we can find a certain flow, harmony in our days, no matter what's going on, by having a finger on the pulse of our life, going back to that phrase again oh that's so true
1: well I'm loving the conversation and I want to remind everyone you can go to coachminx.com Minx, for more information about Minx and we, when we come back in our next segment we'll be talking about change and Minx will read one of her beautiful poems she is one of the greatest poets that I've ever met we'll be right back
5: He's the most talked about figure in history. How do you see Jesus? As a savior, a way-shower, a mythical hero? In his cutting-edge new book, Jesus 2.1, an upgrade for the 21st century, Rev. Dr. Thomas Shepherd explores the many human concepts of Jesus.
6: The man of Nazareth has been an imaginary spiritual playmate for millions. Best friend, confidant, silent lover, surrogate father, brother, husband, trusted king when earthly governments fail all-purpose superhero who'll save the day before the final credits roll jesus is like a program that has been adapted through the ages while the basic code remains undisturbed despite all subsequent modifications now it is our time to rewrite and reinstall the jesus program with updates for today just as every previous generation has done and every subsequent generation will do the romans killed jesus for being a revolutionary Every succeeding generation kills him anew by losing sight of the ongoing revolution in human consciousness that he represents.
5: Explore the new book, Jesus 2.1, at www.shopunity.org.
2: We now return to From Good to Amazing with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes.
1: And welcome back, everyone, and thank you so much to look for listening to our show, From Good to Amazing. I want to remind you that please use the social media ways that you have with Twitter and Facebook and and let your friends know that they can listen to this show at 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time live on Unity.fm, online radio, and you can also use your Android or your iPhone and you can listen to these shows like this and others on Unity Online Radio. Anytime that you want, these positive messages really do make a difference in helping all of us live a better and a greater life. I Means kind of the common thread I've been thinking about, uh, too, while we've been talking today is ordinary people talk about ordinary things and... Um, the idea that, you know, other people just talk about other people, but amazing people think of think of amazing things and incredible ways in which they can change their lives. And one of the things I heard is that the only person that loves the word change is a baby <laughs> because it, <laughs> it's, the, it's the kind of thing that, you know, once we're on the other side of it, we go, wow, what took me so long? But when we're facing it, uh, a lot of times we we tend to want to avoid it. I know that you have uh, helped others with change a lot. Is is this a time that before talking about change you would like to read your poem?
3: Oh, that's a good idea because what we know about change is that It's the order of things. It's how life is. And so it's a question of whether we're going to embrace it, celebrate it, jump into it, or resist it no matter what. So most of my poetry, just for people who are listening out there, most of it happens in the middle of the night. I'll get an idea or a thought or a phrase, and I'll wind up clicking on the light and scribbling something really quickly. I, I write it very differently than I write articles from magazines or things like that, because they really just come from someplace else deep inside of me. So having said that, I woke up with this thought and turned it into a poem. It's a risky business, this living fully and sometimes even frivolously at the fringes where complacency no longer satisfies and curiosity temptingly beckons. It's a testy dilemma trying to do what is right here while yearning to take on the vastness of tempting possibilities clamoring to be explored and experienced out there. But perhaps the whole point of life is to probe at the frayed edges of the known and accepted, where new inklings and deep yearnings call us uncautiously onward. Brave new worlds and fabulous disclosures have been revealed to those who ventured out there beyond the clarity of settled views and well-worn ways, to those who eagerly groped around in the ethers of the unknown, searching for something more. Hmm. That is really powerful.
1: That is very powerful. And I wanted to share with everyone, if you love poetry, Minx, as I stated, is is by far one of the best that I've ever read. And she has a number of books that you can find on her website, her poetry books, on CoachMinks.com. Or you can write amazing at unity.fm, and I'll be glad to guide and direct you into where you can purchase those. Let's talk about change. What are some of the tools that we can use to walk through and to embrace change in a greater way because it seems to be happening faster to people, or at least that's their perception anyway. You
3: no, know, when you say it, two things come to mind, and they're really paradoxical. So the, the first, of course, is to is to jump into be open to embrace be enthusiastic about whatever comes our way and the other is exactly the opposite to be able to just take a deep breath to stop before going into the maelstrom of something and decide whether this is a direction that I'm I want to choose to go in so we and we need a bit of both we need the enthusiasm to jump in wholeheartedly and we need the that moment that space between something happening or a possibility opening up and are making a decision about it. And it, it, being able to balance those two, I think, is what keeps us out of the O place, the overwhelm place. Because if we can take a step back long enough to say, okay, is this something I want to do? How is it that I want to do it? And what would be the, the best way to move forward without spinning into overwhelm? That, that spaciousness, without losing our enthusiasm, for me creates the proper balance of dealing with change.
1: And we when we're when we're resisting the change, it seems that it's in that tension where so much of the strong, struggle lies, right? It's kind of like being in this tug of war, a push pull push pull push pull rather than just walking a little bit forward and uh, releasing some of the, the tension to just say, okay, I'm moving in this direction. I
3: think part of it is first, when there's that resistance, it's what's the fear? What's the fear? What's holding me back? What's, and sometimes our gut, for very good reason, holds us back. So, the, so at some point we need to know um, what our fear is. And the other thing is, Going back to that early conversation, because I really do use values as a compass again and again, it's what's the value? What is the what is the value that can be served by my stepping up to the plate now, by my doing this next thing? I remember, ju- it, it's actually very recently, uh, I had been asked a while ago to become, to take on, President-elect to, be- to eventually become president of Executive Women of the Palm Beaches, which is where I am. And my first reaction, my first answer was no. It was just a, a flat-out no. Um, too much, not the right time in my life. I just, uh, that was it. And then um, I, I kind of buried it. And then four different presidents of this past presidents of this organization came and approached me and talked about... What is it about? How how do you do this? How do you juggle the rest of your life? How do you take this on in a way that's graceful and gracious? And I did a, I did a whole um, turnaround and have now accepted it. But my reactive first was, well, that's too much change. That's too much stuff. That's too much to take on. When I look more deeply, I'm so honoring my value of a relationship. This is a women's organization of women coming together. I'm so valuing my my uh my sense of wanting to contribute to make a difference in life that I had to say where else would I have this large an opportunity and platform to do those to do that to honor those values and that helped me change. That helped me make the shift.
1: That's powerful. Because you, you really align with what matters to you the most.
4: Mm-hmm. And And how long have you been in a women's
1: group? I mean, you've been part of women's circles for what? Thirty years. Forever.
3: For for at least. I started out in the bliss group in New York. It was women showing up as the source of bliss in the universe, and we were all young women who were overwhelmed trying to. to, It was in that day where yeah, you could have it all as long as you were willing to do it all. So, I was a wife and a mother and, and a um and a daughter and i and I had a business career and I was a community volunteer and on and on and on and I was exhausted all the time and I started to meet with other women who were also trying to do all this and we began to strategize together how do we do this? How do we manage this? How do we find a balance? I remember one of the best first answers. It was a woman who was part of New York Magazine when it was launching. And she said she gets home Friday night from a very long and exhausting week and she throws her watch in the drawer. She doesn't want to know what time it is until Sunday night when she has to set the alarm for Monday morning. She goes off that time zone and just allows herself the freedom of flow. And it made all the difference. So I started to practice having Saturday as a day with no schedule. I think that's so
1: important, too. Every now and then I'll pick up the phone and I'll call someone and they say, they leave a, a voicemail, uh, thank you for calling, I'm on a techno technological gr- break today, and I'll get back uh-huh. with you tomorrow. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, it's so true. Those are uh, times that... We still want to uh, make matter in our life and taking a time out. I would like to add that um, if you're out there in our audience today and you're, you're going through change or uh, you've made some decision this year in 2012 to really uh, come into a new place in your life that you want to either change in self-esteem or your confidence or uh, you want to learn to see yourself in a better way or light, Um, I have found nothing better than being in a a woman or men's groups if you're male, but to be in a group um, because uh, the group can see things about you and for you and hold things for you that will help you break these paradigms and create the tremendous change that you uh, desire in your life to become more who you are and, and what you're here to be, your authentic self. I'm Temple Hayes, and I've enjoyed being with Minx Boren today on our show. You can learn more about Minx at CoachMinx.com. Minx, uh, she is a coach. She is an author. Uh, you can always get her poetry books to give for gifts and to your friends. And uh, thank you, everyone, for supporting this tremendous show, From Good to Amazing. And most importantly, we thank you for supporting Unity Online Radio, The Voice for an Awakening World. Look forward to seeing and hearing from all of you again. Bless you on your journey.
7: Thank
2: you for tuning in to From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Monday at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern for more tools to move your life from good to amazing. This program is brought to you in part by Temple Hayes Ministries Online at www.templehayes.org and First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. Online at www.unitycampus.org.
0: unity minister and author eric butterworth tells us the exciting thing is that wherever you may be along the way of unfoldment and self-realization no matter what the problems or challenges you may face there is always more in you the mystery of god in you the christ in you which means your potential for healing for overcoming for prosperity there is no limit join us each week for discovering eric butterworth tuesdays at 5 p.m central time with host reverend tom thorpe Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world.
1: Inspiration only takes a moment. Your friends at Unity invite you to reflect on these words from Reverend Jim Rosemurgy. Pause and take a deep breath. When you are ready, Affirm silently to yourself, Sweet, sweet spirit, I desire a closer walk with you. Show me the way. I am listening. Take time now in the silence to get in touch with the spiritual guidance within you. Have faith that your next step, your unfolding, your spiritual growth is coming to you in divine order. Through your spiritual instinct or your spiritual knowingness.
4: This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
2: taught us that it is our divine creator's great pleasure to give us the kingdom of limitless good. We are all heirs to incredible abundance, and yet many people right now are stuck and struggling in a place of lack. How do we walk the walk and experience vibrant health, profound love, limitless wealth, and overflowing joy in the midst of a world consciousness of lack and separation? Each week, you will learn powerful and practical tools to experience greater abundance in every area of your life. Hear from experts and visionaries that are living examples of sacred abundance and have your questions about prosperity answered from a spiritual perspective. Join Reverend Robin Ryder live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central Time on Sacred Abundance only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
6: You've seen Reality TV. Well, now get ready for Reality Radio. It's raw, unpredictable, and completely unscripted. You Can Heal Your Life follows the lives of four people each season as they face their fears and overcome their challenges. Tune in weekly and follow along as they take each faithful step on their journey. Learn what it takes to really heal your life. Dr. Chris Michaels shows you how to expect specific and measurable results from prayer. He says, We must place a demand upon consciousness. We don't hope to get what we pray for. We expect it. As a 25-year veteran in the New Thought movement, Dr. Chris has helped thousands of people find their way to success and healing. His faith is unshakable, and his commitment to helping others heal through the power of prayer is extraordinary. Don't miss Reality Radio. You can heal your life with Dr. Chris Michaels. Live, Mondays at 11 a.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio.